tuned in to the Community Cats Podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. And today we're speaking with Cameron Gregg. Cameron is the Community Cat Coordinator at the Humane Society of Huron Valley in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Cameron is a lifelong cat lover and an animal advocate. Cameron, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thanks. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're all lifelong cat lovers. So tell me, Cameron, how did you become so passionate about cats? And, you know, how did you get to be a community cat coordinator? So it started as a child. My family, my entire life, we've always had at least one cat. And I've just always loved animals in general. I've actually spent seven of the last 10 years working in the doggy daycare industry. And as part of that, every once in a while, I would apply to the Humane Society when I saw they had an opening. And eventually they got back to me. They get a ton of applicants, so it's not a guarantee by any means. And they introduced me to the TNR program and I had not heard of TNR before I applied. So it has been quite a learning curve and it's something that I'm really excited about just being able to help cats and help animals in general. So it's been awesome. So doggy daycare and now TNR, do you find any similarities or are they both very different? Um, They can both be quite rambunctious, (laughs) Um, but in general, they're both very loving creatures and I care a lot about both of them. So there is a little bit of crossover in that regard. How long have you been the community cat coordinator at the organization? I have been there for just, just shy of seven months. Okay. So you're like brand new. So you're new to TNR. So tell me, what was it like as a first experience being out there and and trapping cats? It was wild. It really was being a lifelong animal lover and not having known about TNR and then finding out about it and just having a crash course in it was a little bit overwhelming at first, just because there's so much to learn and as an animal advocate to be passionate about So it's just been a constant learning experience and it's been a lot of fun. So looking back, if I'm sitting here in the room with you right now and, you know, here you are brand new, first time community cat coordinator, new trapper too, basically, what sort of advice would you give me if I was saying, hmm, that sounds like an interesting job. Maybe I'll try and do it. Would you give me some advice and guidance? Yeah, I would start um, really at the top of the spectrum that there's a huge problem with the overpopulation of cats. And TNR is so much more important than a lot of people realize. And so that's kind of where I start. And then if people have specific questions, then go into those kinds of things. Very interesting. You said you've been there for about seven months, eight months, going on a year or so. So in the course of the last year, being involved in the program, have you had to look at the program strategically at all, or are you just collecting data and information? Um, definitely have had to look at it strategically. There's a huge balance at most humane societies, I would have to imagine, between the amount of cats that are available to be trapped and the amount of cats that the surgery team can do in a day without driving themselves crazy. So that's a little bit of the balance 
that is put on my plate as the community cat coordinator. So that is definitely has taken some strategy and it's just a constant evolving process to figure out what works best in TNR for us. So you have to learn how to prioritize which cats you're going to trap? Absolutely. To a bit of an extent, there are limited spots that are available for certain days. And so prioritizing is generally done by who needs it most, whether someone is older and can't physically trap themselves, or if they have an overwhelming amount of cats, then those are normally where I would prioritize, but then also just first come first serve. In a given year or so, how many cats does your program do TNR for? We do about 1,500 a year, and we've been doing the program for about 15 years, and that's slowly grown, but it's been fairly steady for about the past 10 years. Being in Ann Arbor, the University of Michigan is there, and um, you talked about the University of Michigan uh, School of Information in our little pre-conference before we got going with recording here. And they did some work with you. You want to share a little bit about the project? Yeah. So a group of students with the University of Michigan School of Information did a deep dive into our TNR program as part of a, a student project to figure out ways that we could improve our efficiency and our systems. And they interviewed six people at the Humane Society in different roles and researched TNR as a whole, TNR programs in our state and our clinic they really did a deep dive in everything they possibly could and they came up with some interesting findings and some of the things that they found were things that we already knew and were kind of trying to balance but primarily the four things that they analyzed and were able to pitch to us as ways that we could improve our program um, the first one of those was actually less days and limited hours for walk-ins and what that does is help reduce the variability with our surgery team getting overwhelmed. So that's something that we have just implemented as of today, actually March 1st was the day that our hours changed. And then one of the, the second thing was improve our scheduling. We have walk-ins available with a two cat maximum. And then we also have a Google calendar system that we use for more of our hardcore trappers and rescues that we work with to utilize so they can bring in more than the two cats. And so we've taken that Google Calendar and shifted some of the days and spots around to try and make it more efficient. Um, the third thing that they suggested was to add help, was to get a second cat coordinator, uh, which would be awesome, but it's just not a overwhelming amount of work it just wouldn't make a ton of sense to do that although from my perspective it would be awesome to have an assistant that i could have do whatever but unfortunately that didn't make a ton of sense for us at this time and the fourth thing was to add a separate section of our organization for tnr and the idea with that was or the way i saw it at least was we have our clinic that does owned animals we have our shelter team that takes care of the animals that are in the shelter. And then we have TNR, which overlaps with the clinic and the owned animals. And so it would be awesome to have kind of three separate clinics, but that would be a huge investment. And it's just not as practical as 
as it seems on paper. But those were the four things that they brought up to us, which gave us an interesting perspective and allowed us to reevaluate things to make some changes that we're hoping will end up being positive towards the program and hopefully set an example for other programs even to increase awareness and just get more STMR. Yeah, one thing you brought up there was the word scheduling, which, you know, is not a lowercase word in the TNR world. It is all uppercase because, and for clinics too, scheduling is the magic beast because if you get it right, your clinic can perform very, very well and you can be really effective also with your colonies. If you do mass trapping and you're focusing on one colony and getting that one colony done rather than doing two cats here and two cats over there and two cats over there. So there's this strategy in making sure that your scheduling is good with your colonies as well as your scheduling within the clinic. Um, I think that is a really fascinating project to always look at and see how we can improve ourselves efficiently because there, there are many days, unfortunately, where you'll have a clinic scheduled and, and you'll plan for 40 and 20 will show up. And then you'll have another day where you plan for 40 and 60 show up and you want to get that variability down. So it's as close to 40 on a daily basis. And you don't want it to be always 40 female cats. You want it to be an even balance, but some days it doesn't work that way either. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely how it goes with our program. And that's the ever going battle that we're always trying to figure out. And it's tough because cats in general are very unpredictable, especially when you're working with cats that are unsocialized. So yeah, we're, we're constantly trying to figure out ways that we can improve on that. But I have a feeling it kind of like you're mentioning that other programs are kind of battling that as well and trying to work together to figure out what works best. I keep in touch with another community cat coordinator that works at Michigan Humane, which is a rescue near ours. And I like to touch base with her sometimes and with new ideas. Hey, have you guys tried this? How did it work if you guys had? And in general, it's very, things are hit or miss with TNR. It's, that's something that I've been learning along the way. Ever wanted to quickly connect, collaborate, or problem solve with others in the animal welfare field who are you know, real people look no further than Maddie's Pet Forum. Maddie's Pet Forum brings people of animal welfare together with the common goal to keep more people and pets together. We share ideas, expertise, offer each other support, resources, and more. Visit forum.maddiespetforum.org slash cats. Maddie's Pet Forum. Come for an answer. Stay for the community. Could your animal welfare organization use a tune-up? Humane Network can help. You can get a free 30-minute consultation to talk through your challenges and get ideas on how your organization can be more successful with less stress. From board development and fundraising to strategic planning and operations, Humane Network has got you covered. Whether you're a large or small, nonprofit or government, it's a live and thriving program led by a certified animal behavior consultant features specially designed training for shelter and clinic staff on enrichment, stress reduction, safe animal handling, and behavior modification. With Humane Network, you receive individualized advice and support customized to meet your organization's unique needs. And Humane Network can lighten your load by taking on fundraising, communications, and other tasks you struggle with. Contact Humane Network today for a free 30-minute consultation. Visit humanenetwork.org. That's humanenetwork.org.
Team Dubert is at it again, and now they have an amazing companion case management module that once again revolutionizes how you rescue animals. Dubert partnered with Dallas Pets Alive and the Spay Neuter Network to build a powerful solution that allows you to manage cases of any kind. Whether owner surrender calls or emails, community cat tracking and reporting, Dubert is the only system that integrates two-way text messaging, automatic follow-ups, and even a rehoming solution that every organization can use. No more trying to manage 10 different technologies when everything is all in one place and tightly integrated. From fostering to transport, fundraising to e-commerce, supply and demand to case management, Dubert has everything you need to streamline your operations so you can focus on saving more animals. Check out the new companion case management module at www.dubert.com CCM and get signed up today. So I'm going to do some lightning round questions for you to just find out some of the nuts and bolts about your program. So do you ear tip the cats? Yes. And which ear do you tip? Left ear. Do you test the cats that you're going to be returned for feline leukemia or FIV? We don't. So Cameron, do you tattoo at the spay site? Yes. And does your organization have a barn cat program? Yeah. Do you provide traps? Do you do a trap rental program? Do you have a training program to teach people how to do trap, neuter, return? And what are your greatest tips and tricks? Um, Oh, geez. We don't have a set training program, but I train individually. If someone wants to know how to trap, I'll meet with them and teach them how. My biggest trick or tip would be start with regular wet cat food. And if that doesn't work, move to something stickier and tastier. You don't want to start off with the creme de la creme of tuna or mackerel or whatever it might be, because if you've got a really hard to catch cat, then you've got nothing to step your game up to. So that's my biggest tip that I like to give people. How long do you recommend people hold cats until they return them back to the colony? Um, that depends on the time of year, male, female, generally assuming that it's nice out spring through fall in Michigan, we do get kind of a harsh winter here. So generally in spring through fall, we release the following day. Um, Certain people like to hold females an additional day. And if they like to do that, by all means, I'll let them know how to make the cat more comfortable for that day. Um, But generally the next day and in the winter, we highly advise against TNR unless the cats have a safe, dry shelter. Uh, and that's just because when they get spayed and neutered and their stomachs are shaved, we don't want that getting snow on it and frostbite to happen. So in the winter, we only TNR when there's shelter. And if people are TNRing without shelter, then we recommend that they get a shelter and we'll provide shelter or that they transfer the cat to a dog crate for the recovery process and then release. So Cameron, I wanna turn the tables a little bit here and ask you about kittens. So does your organization have a specific guideline about what kittens to return or how do you make a decision on what kittens get returned versus what kittens come in and get socialized and put up for adoption? Yeah, that's really tough. I imagine there's a lot of places with TNR Uh, We advise for people to scoop up kittens between four and six weeks old, and we have different photos that we can provide so people know what that age is. And generally, it's when the kittens start hobbling around on their own. When they're up and mobile, 
pick them up and bring them to us and we will find loving homes for them. Once they get older than six weeks is when we start to see some signs of unsociability, which can make adopting a little bit more difficult, but we do have an excellent foster program. So kittens that start to reach that six week age and they might be showing signs that they aren't social up to about 10 weeks and sometimes even beyond that, we'll send a foster and the foster will work with them. And then most of the time they'll bring them back and they can be adopted out. Sometimes they do have to be returned if it's not going well. Whenever we intake cats that are from TNR situations, we always let people know it's it's not guaranteed. And that can be tough for a lot of people, myself included, to have to return a nine-week-old kitten that could be worked with, but late fall or late spring when foster resources are really being utilized, sometimes those tough decisions have to be made because that cat might not be a great family cat at that time and might not have the resources to turn the cat at that time. Have you had to deal with either a angry resident or like a housing association or an apartment complex? Have you ever had to sort of advocate for TNR with somebody that might not be so excited about trap neuter return? They might be like, well, why are you bringing these cats back? Why aren't you just taking them in? It's this is not these are not my cats. Just get rid of them. How do you deal with someone like that? Yeah, so we do have that happen quite a bit, and it's primarily landlords or property management. And we actually have a blog, a TNR blog, and I recently did a post on that, on dealing with property management, because there is a lot of out of sight, out of mind is kind of how they seem to like things. And so, I mean, some of the the big things are just being discreet and not leaving behind any kind of trash or unkept shelters. But from my perspective in Ann Arbor, it's primarily landlords and property management generally working directly with those who are interested in the program and trapping as well as neighbors. They tend to be understanding because even though we can't take remove the cats. We don't remove or relocate cats. We can TNR them so that the problem, as some people see it as a, as a problem, it won't become any worse. So that's kind of how I try and ease the burden that some CTNR has, is to try and educate. If people aren't willing to listen, then just try and be as friendly and polite as possible. Some organizations that I've spoken with seem to be really concerned that people are going to be trapping owned cats. How do you ensure that an owned cat is not trapped? Yeah, so a lot of times we'll reach out ahead of time to neighbors, especially if we think they might be feeding to not feed ahead of time. And to also, if they have any cats that might be indoor, outdoor, outdoor, to bring them in so they don't accidentally get trapped. I have not had that happen. The cat coordinator before me, trapped a cat that seemed like it was an owned cat. And generally you can tell in the trap just based on their behavior and how they're acting. If they seem overwhelmingly social, then that would be a huge red flag. And um, when he was out there with a volunteer, they both got that notion that this is someone's cat. And so they released the cat on site and it ran off. 
but I would hope that if it ever happened, I would be able to recognize it just kind of based on the way it's behaving in the trap and how it's meowing and just acting towards me or any of the volunteers. I just want to go back on the spay-neuter part of our conversation and ask you, does your spay-neuter clinic do designated TNR days or do they have fit the surgeries in with public spay-neuter or the shelter spay-neuter? So are you able to do like a 40-cat TNR day or is it five cats here or 10 cats there? So it's a really tough balance. We do walk-ins on Mondays and Tuesdays. So those can get up to 20-ish cats when it gets busy. This April, actually April 9th, we are doing our first TNR extravaganza where we are selling 60 tickets to hopefully sterilize 60 cats. Realistically, we're planning for around 40 since this is the first one we've done, but that is something very exciting that we have coming up in the future, and we're hoping to be able to do more of those. That's great. And does your organization offer any wellness services? Do they do vaccines and that kind of stuff for the public? Yeah, so we do a lot with our community cat program. We work with some really great rescues that are very compassionate and love going the extra mile for their cats. Our general program for residents who are in our county includes spay, neuter, rabies, distemper, as well as a flea and tick treatment, just as part of our package. And if there's anything that is needed beyond that, we'll often provide that as well. We do, I have to be careful saying this, but I'm going to say it. Um, we do dentals with community cats. They have to be scheduled well ahead of time, but we do that. Amputations, nucleations, really whatever the cat needs, if the caregiver is willing to pay or if it's something that the cat desperately needs, then we'll do it. Excellent. If folks are interested in finding out more about your program and you referenced your blog, um, how would they do that? Yes. So visit hshv.org slash TNR. And that is updated whenever I get to it, which is quite frequently. So every couple of weeks or it, when there's new blog posts, if anything's changing, it'll be on our website. We also have a Facebook group that is HSHV Community Cats. It is a private group, but if you apply and you answer the questions, I'll approve you the same day and you can join and spread your wealth of knowledge of all things TNR and community cats. That's really my big thing in TNR is education and awareness. I want as many people to know about TNR as possible so they can help save the cats. That's excellent. Camera, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? No, thank you so much for having me on. I've been a huge fan of the podcast and attended a couple of the webinars, so it's really quite an honor. Well, it seems like there's a lot of good stuff going on for community cats in the state of Michigan. So I want to thank you so much for becoming a community cat coordinator and helping the cats in Ann Arbor. Thank you so much. And thank you for agreeing to be a guest on the show today. And I hope we'll have you on again in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. That's it for this week. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We love to hear what you think, and a five-star review really helps others find the show. You can also join the conversation with listeners, cat caretakers, and me on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to hit follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Thanks for listening, and thank you for everything that you do to help create a safe and healthy world for cats. Wow.